0: Chapter Three of Arsène Lupin by Maurice Leblanc, translated by Edgar Jepsen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three, Lupin's Way. Sonia, in a sudden revulsion of feeling, in a reaction from her fears, slipped back and sat down at the tea table, panting quickly, struggling to keep back the tears of relief. She did not see the Duke gallop up the slope dismount, and hand over his horse to the groom, who came running to him. There was still a mist in her eyes to blur his figure as he came through the window. "'If it's for me, plenty of tea, very little cream, and three lumps of sugar,' he cried in a gay, ringing voice, and pulled out his watch. Five to the minute, that's all right,' and he bent down, took Germain's hand, and kissed it with an air of gallant devotion." If he had indeed just fought a duel, there were no signs of it in his bearing. His air, his voice, were entirely careless. He was a man whose whole thought at the moment was fixed on his tea and his punctuality. He drew a chair near the tea-table for Germaine, sat down himself, and Sonia handed him a cup of tea with so shaky a hand that the spoon clinked in the saucer. "'You've been fighting a duel?' said Germaine. What? You've heard already? said the Duke in some surprise. I've heard? said Germaine. Why did you fight it? You're not wounded, Your Grace, said Sonia anxiously. Not a scratch, said the Duke, smiling at her. Will you be so good as to get on with those wedding cards, Sonia? said Germaine sharply. And Sonia went back to the writing table. Turning to the Duke, Germaine said, did you fight on my account? Would you be pleased to know that I fought on your account? said the duke, and there was a faint mocking light in his eyes, far too faint for the self satisfied Germain to perceive. Yes, but it isn't true. You've been fighting about some woman, said Germain petulantly. If I had been fighting about a woman, it could only be you, said the duke. Yes, that is so, of course. It could hardly be about Sonia or my maid," said Germain. "But what was the reason of the duel? Oh, the reason of it was entirely childish," said the Duke. "I was in a bad temper, and the de Rosiers said something that annoyed me. Then it wasn't about me, and if it wasn't about me, it wasn't really worth while fighting," said Germain in a tone of acute disappointment. The mocking lights deepened a little in the duke's eyes. Yes, but if I had been killed, everybody would have said, "'The Duke of Charmras has been killed in a duel about Mademoiselle Gournay-Martin.' "'That would have sounded very fine, indeed,' said the duke, and a touch of mockery had crept into his voice. "'Now, don't begin trying to annoy me again,' said Germaine, pettishly. "'The last thing I should dream of, my dear girl,' said the duke, smiling. "'And the Dereusier, is he wounded?' said Germaine. "'Poor dear Dereusier! He won't be out of bed for the next six months,' said the Duke, and he laughed lightly and gaily. "'Good gracious!' cried Germaine. "'It will do, poor dear Dereusier, a world of good. He has a touch of enteritis, and for enteritis there's nothing like rest,' said the Duke. Sonia was not getting on very quickly with the wedding cards, Germaine was sitting with her back to her, and over her shoulder, Sonia could watch the face of the duke, an extraordinarily mobile face, changing with every passing mood. Sometimes his eyes met hers, and hers fell before them. But as soon as they turned away from her, she was watching him again, almost greedily, as if she could not see enough of his face, in which strength of will and purpose was mingled with a faint ironic skepticism and tampered by a fine air of race he finished his tea then he took a morocco case from his pocket and said to Germain, it must be quite three days since I gave you anything he opened the case disclosed a pearl pendant and handed it to her oh how nice she cried taking it she took it from the case saying that it was a beauty She showed it to Sonia, then she put it on and stood before a mirror, admiring the effect. To tell the truth, the effect was not entirely desirable. The pearls did not improve the look of her rather coarse brown skin, and her skin added nothing to the beauty of the pearls. Sonia saw this, and so did the Duke. He looked at Sonia's white throat. She met his eyes and blushed. She knew that the same thought was in both their minds. The pearls would have looked infinitely better there. Germaine finished admiring herself. She was incapable even of suspecting that so expensive a pendant could not suit her perfectly. The duke said idly, "'Goodness! are all those invitations to the wedding!' "'That's only down to the letter V,' said Germaine proudly." "'and there are twenty-five letters in the alphabet. "'You must be inviting the whole world. "'You'll have to have the Madeleine enlarged. "'It won't hold them all. "'There isn't a church in Paris that will,' said the Duke. "'Won't it be a splendid marriage?' said Germain. "'There'll be something like a crush. "'There are sure to be accidents.' "'If I were you, I should have careful arrangements made,' said the Duke. "'Oh, let people look after themselves.' They'll remember it better if they're crushed a little," said Germain. There was a flicker of contemptuous wonder in the duke's eyes, but he only shrugged his shoulders and, turning to Sonia, said, "Will you be an angel and play me a little Greek, Mademoiselle Kritschenoff? I heard you playing yesterday. No one plays Greek like you." "Excuse me, Jacques, but Mademoiselle Kritschenoff has her work to do," said Germain tartly. Five minutes interval, just a morsel of Greek, I beg, said the Duke, with an irresistible smile. All right, said Germaine grudgingly, but I have something important to talk to you about. By Jove, so have I. I was forgetting. I have the last photograph I took of you and Mademoiselle Sonia. Germaine frowned and shrugged her shoulders. With your light frocks in the open air, you look like two big flowers, said the Duke. "'You call that important?' cried Germain. "'It's very important. I call trifles,' said the duke, smiling. "'Look, isn't it nice?' And he took a photograph from his pocket and held it out to her. "'Nice? It's shocking! We're making the most appalling faces!' said Germain, looking at the photograph in his hand. "'Well, perhaps you are making faces,' said the duke seriously, considering the photograph with grave earnestness. But they're not appalling faces, not by any means. you shall be judged, Mademoiselle Sonia. The faces, well, we won't talk about the faces, but the outlines. Look at the movement of your scarf, and he handed the photograph to Sonia Jacques said Germain impatiently, oh yes, you've something important to tell me. What is it? said the Duke with an air of resignation, and he took the photograph from Sonia and put it carefully back in his pocket. Victoire has telephoned from Paris. To say that we've had a paper knife and a Louis says inkstand given us," said Germain. "Hurrah!" cried the Duke in a sudden shout that made them both jump. "And a pearl necklace," said Germain. "Hurrah!" cried the Duke. "You're perfectly childish," said Germain pettishly. "I tell you, we've been given a paper knife and you shout hurrah. I say we've been given a pearl necklace and you shout hurrah." "'You can't have the slightest sense of values!' "'I beg your pardon. "'This pearl necklace is from one of your father's friends, isn't it?' said the Duke. "'Yes. "'Why?' said Germain. "'But the inkstand and the paper-knife must be from the Faubourg Saint-Germain, as well and well on the shabby side,' said the Duke. "'Yes, well.' "'Well, then, my dear girl, what are you complaining about?' "'They balance. The equilibrium is restored. "'You can't have everything.' said the duke, and he laughed mischievously. Germaine flushed, and bit her lip, her eyes sparkled. "'You don't care a rap about me,' she said stormily. "'But I find you adorable,' said the duke. "'You keep annoying me,' said Germaine pettishly. "'And you do it on purpose. "'I think it's in very bad taste. "'I shall end by taking a dislike to you. "'I know I shall.' wait till we're married for that my dear girl said the duke and he laughed again with a blithe boyish cheerfulness which deepened the angry flush in Germain's cheeks can't you be serious about anything she cried i am the most serious man in europe said the duke Germain went to the window and stared out of it sulkily the duke walked up and down the hall looking at the pictures of some of his ancestors somewhat grotesque persons, with humorous appreciation. Between addressing the envelopes, Sonia kept glancing at him. Once he caught her eye and smiled at her. Germain's back was eloquent of her displeasure. The duke stopped at a gap in the line of pictures, in which there hung a strip of old tapestry. "'I can never understand why you have left all these ancestors of mine staring from the walls and have taken away the quite admirable and interesting portrait of myself,' he said carelessly. Germain turned sharply from the window. Sonia stopped in the middle of addressing an envelope, and both the girls stared at him in astonishment. "'There certainly was a portrait of me where that tapestry hangs. What have you done with it?' said the Duke. "'You're making fun of us again,' said Germain. "'Surely your grace knows what happened,' said Sonia. We wrote all the details to you, and sent you all the papers three years ago. Didn't you get them?' said Germain. "'Not a detail or a newspaper. Three years ago I was in the neighborhood of the South Pole, and lost at that,' said the Duke. "'But it was most dramatic, my dear Jacques. Our parents was talking of it,' said Germain. "'Your portrait was stolen.' "'Stolen? Who stole it?' said the Duke. Germain crossed the hall quickly to the gap in the line of pictures. "'I'll show you,' she said. She drew aside the piece of tapestry, and in the middle of the panel, over which the portrait of the duke had hung, he saw, written in chalk, the words, Arsène Lupin. "'What do you think of that autograph?' said Germain. "'Arsène Lupin?' said the duke, in a tone of some bewilderment. He left his signature. "'It seems that he always does so.' "'said Sonia, in an explanatory tone. "'But who is he?' said the Duke. "'Arsène Lupin! Surely you know who Arsène Lupin is!' said Germaine impatiently. "'I haven't the slightest notion,' said the Duke. "'Oh, come! No one is as South Pole as all that!' cried Germaine. "'You don't know who Lupin is? "'The most whimsical, the most audacious, and the most genial thief in France!' For the last ten years, he has kept the police at bay. He has baffled Ganimard, Homelock Shears, the great English detective, and even Garchard, whom everybody says is the greatest detective we've had in France since Vidocq. In fact, he's our national robber. Do you mean to say you don't know him? Not even enough to ask him to lunch at a restaurant, said the Duke flippantly. What's he like? Like? Nobody has the slightest idea— "'He has a thousand disguises. "'He has dined two evenings running at the English embassy.' "'But if nobody knows him, how do they learn that?' "'said the Duke with a puzzled ear. "'Because the second evening, about ten o'clock, "'they noticed that one of the guests had disappeared, "'and with him all the jewels of the ambassadors.' "'All of them?' said the Duke. "'Yes, and Lupin left his card behind him "'with these words scribbled on it. This is not a robbery, it's a restitution. You took the Wallace Collection from us, but it was a hoax, wasn't it? said the Duke. No, Your Grace, and he has done better than that. You remember the affair of the Doray bank, the savings bank for poor people, said Sonya, her gentle face glowing with a sudden enthusiastic animation. Let's see, said the Duke. Wasn't that the financier? doubled his fortune at the expense of a heap of poor wretches, and ruined two thousand people? Yes, that's the man, said Sonia. And Lupin stripped de Ray's house, and took from him everything he had in his strong-box. He didn't leave him a sou of the money. And then, when he'd taken it from him, he distributed it among all the poor wretches whom de Ray had ruined. But this isn't the thief you're talking about. It's a philanthropist, said the Duke. "'A fine sort of philanthropist,' broke in Germain, in a peevish tone. "'There was a lot of philanthropy about his robbing papa, wasn't there?' "'Well,' said the Duke, with an air of profound reflection, "'if you come to think of it, that robbery was not worthy of this national hero. "'My portrait, if you accept the charm and beauty of the face itself, "'it's not worth much. "'If you think he was satisfied with your portrait, you're very much mistaken.' "'All my father's collections were robbed,' said Germain. "'Your father's collections?' said the Duke. "'But they're better guarded than the Bank of France. Your father is as careful of them as the apple of his eye.' "'That's exactly it. He was too careful of them. That's why Lupin succeeded.' "'That is very interesting,' said the Duke, and he sat down on a couch before the gap in the pictures, to go into the matter more at his ease. "'I suppose he had accomplices in the house itself.' yes one accomplice said Germain. who was that asked the duke papa said Germain. oh come on what on earth do you mean said the duke you're getting quite incomprehensible my dear girl well i'll make it clear to you one morning papa received a letter but wait sonia get me the lupin papers out of the bureau sonia rose from the writing-table and went to a bureau an admirable example of the work of the great english maker Chippendale. It stood on the other side of the hall, between an oriental cabinet and a sixteenth-century Italian cabinet, for all the world as if it were standing in a crowded curiosity-shop, with the natural effect that the three pieces, by their mere incongruity, took something each from the beauty of the other. Sonia raised the flap of the bureau, and taking from one of the drawers a small portfolio, turned over the papers in it, and handed a letter to the Duke. "'This is the envelope,' she said. It's addressed to Monsieur Gournay-Martin, collector, at the Château de Carmeras, Y at Vienne. The Duke opened the envelope and took out a letter. "'It's an odd handwriting,' he said. "'Read it, carefully,' said Germain. It was an uncommon handwriting. The letters of it were small, but perfectly formed. It looked the handwriting of a man who knew exactly what he wanted to say, and liked to say it with extreme precision.' The letter ran, Dear Sir, please forgive my writing to you without our having been introduced to one another, but I flatter myself that you know me, at any rate, by name. There is, in the drawing-room next to your hall, a Gainsborough of admirable quality which affords me infinite pleasure. Your Goyas, in the same drawing-room, are also to my liking, as well as your Van Dyck. In the further drawing-room I note the Renaissance cabinets, a marvellous pier, the Flemish tapestry, the Fragonard, the clock-signed Bui, and various other objects of less importance. But above all, I have set my heart on that coronet which you bought at the sale of the Marquise de Ferronay, and which was formerly worn by the unfortunate Princess de Lamballe. I take the greatest interest in this coronet, in the first place, on account of the charming and tragic memories which it calls up in the mind of a poet passionately fond of history, and in the second place, though it is hardly worth while talking about that kind of thing, on account of its intrinsic value. I reckon, indeed, that the stones in your coronet are, at the very lowest, worth half a million francs. I beg you, my dear sir, to have these different objects properly packed up, and to forward them addressed to me, carriage paid, to the Batignolles station. Failing this, I shall proceed to remove them myself, on the night of Thursday, August the 7th please pardon the slight trouble to which i am putting you and believe me yours very sincerely arsene dupin p s it occurs to me that the pictures have not glass before them it would be as well to repair this omission before forwarding them to me and i am sure that you will take this extra trouble cheerfully i am aware of course that some of the best judges declare that a picture loses some of its quality when seen through glass but it preserves them "'and we should always be ready and willing "'to sacrifice a portion of our own pleasure "'for the benefit of posterity. "'France demands it of us. A. L. "'The Duke laughed, and said, "'Really, this is extraordinarily funny. "'It must have made your father laugh.' "'Laugh?' said Germain. "'You should have seen his face. "'He took it seriously enough, I can tell you.' "'Not to the point of forwarding the things to Batignon, I hope.' "'said the Duke. "'No, but to the point of being driven wild,' said Germain, "'And since the police had always been baffled by Lupin, "'he had the brilliant idea of trying what soldiers could do. "'The commandant at is a great friend of Papa's, "'and Papa went to him and told him about Lupin's letter "'and what he feared. "'The colonel laughed at him, but he offered him a corporal "'and six soldiers to guard his collection on the night of the 7th. It was arranged that they should come from Rennes by the last train, so that the burglars should have no warning of their coming. Well, they came, seven picked men, men who had seen service in Tonkin. We gave them supper, and then the corporal posted them in the hall and the two drawing-rooms where the pictures and things were. At eleven we all went to bed, after promising the corporal that, in the event of any fight with the burglars, we would not stir from our rooms." "'I can tell you I felt awfully nervous. "'I couldn't get to sleep for ages and ages. "'Then, when I did, I did not wake till morning. "'The night had passed absolutely quietly. "'Nothing out of the common had happened. "'There had not been the slightest noise. "'I awoke Sonia and my father. "'We dressed as quickly as we could "'and rushed down to the drawing-room.' "'She paused dramatically. "'Well,' said the Duke, "'well, it was done.' What was done everything said Germain. pictures had gone tapestries had gone cabinets had gone and the clock had gone and the coronet too said the duke oh no that was at the bank of france and it was doubtless to make up for not getting it that lupin stole your portrait at any rate he didn't say that he was going to steal it in his letter but come this is incredible had he hypnotized the corporal and the six soldiers or had he murdered them all "'said the Duke. "'Corporal? "'There wasn't any corporal, "'and there weren't any soldiers. "'The corporal was Lupin, "'and the soldiers were part of his gang,' "'said Germain, "'I don't understand,' said the Duke. "'The colonel promised your father "'a corporal and six men. "'Didn't they come?' "'They came to the railway station, all right,' "'said Germain, "'But you know, the little inn, "'half between the railway station and the chateau, "'they stopped to drink there.' and at eleven o'clock next morning one of the villagers found all seven of them, along with the footman who was guiding them to the chateau, sleeping like logs in the little wood half a mile from the inn. Of course, the innkeeper could not explain when their wine was drugged. He could only tell us that a motorist who had stopped at the inn to get some supper had called the soldiers in and insisted on standing them drinks. They had seemed a little fuddle before they left the inn, and the motorist had insisted on driving them to the chateau in his car. and the drug took effect, he simply carried them out of it one by one, and laid them in the wood to sleep it off. Lupin seemed to have made a thorough job of it anyhow, said the Duke. I should think so, said Germain. Gershaw was sent down from Paris, but he could not find a single clue. It was not for want of trying, for he hates Lupin. It's a regular fight between them, And so far, Lupin has scored every point. "'He must be as clever as they make him,' said the Duke. "'He is,' said Germaine. "'Do you know? I shouldn't be at all surprised if he is in the neighborhood now.' "'What on earth do you mean?' said the Duke. "'I'm not joking,' said Germaine. "'Odd things are happening. "'Someone has been changing the place of things. "'That silver statuette now? "'It was on the cabinet, and we found it moved to the piano.' yet nobody had touched it. And look at this window. Someone has broken a pane in it just at the height of the fastening. The deuce they have, said the Duke. End of chapter 3